recording. What's up, everybody? On Facebook land, we are having technical difficulties. So we were trying to, you know, hold it together before we get our guest today, which is going to be Shang. We're excited to have Shang on the show. I was all excited because I was like, Shang, guess what? We're doing a podcast with Laugh Factory. You have to be on it. And he was like, yeah, my podcast is with Laugh Factory. So I was like, oh, oh, okay. So I guess that worked. <laughs> So he's got it. We have to do an early podcast today because, um, because he's going to be joining us on, um, and, and then right afterwards, he's doing his podcast, but he's not coming to Laugh Factory. So we're the ones with the logos because we actually feel special about it. Um, I'm, I'm happy to be in California. I'm happy to be actually on this side of the mountains, though, because the um, air isn't so bad. We were talking about the air, Felicia and, and, uh, and uh, um, Savia, right? We're talking about the air. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They say, and I, yeah, we've been seeing it on the news. They you know. It's now polluting New York. It's actually made its way across country. Well, New York is always polluted anyway. It, it, <laughs> it didn't matter. We, we, <laughs> we polluted anyway. So, you know, we've been. Yeah, I hear you. And on it, the party. <laughs> and then it's also so, interesting because it being uh, that it's polluted, that I, I'm, it's just hilarious. I'm seeing how there's light. So you should tap while you're there now. That's just, we got this. You're, Why is this on? You're live. She doesn't even know she's live on the window and she's doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I remove my, I removed it from mine. Did it remove from everybody? I know. We're watching you look like you were about to go into a dance. You, you were about to go into a dance mode. Thought we were going to. We thought you were going to ah. on this. Get me off of it. I, this is true. I thought you were going to do some soft shoe. <laughs> took it off See what happens? Heather smoked weed once, five years ago, and this is affecting her from all of this. We thought you were... Oh. Hey, what's what? up? <laughs> how are you? Just pretend your mic. Go into a different corner. So, <laughs> how are you doing? Are you surviving the pandemic? What's going on? Uh, which person are you talking to? Talking to you. Yep. God damn it, woman! I knew it. I knew yeah, it. What's going on? Uh, what's going on? Uh, um, I'm surviving. How's everybody doing? Hope you guys are okay. Hope your family's okay. Uh, apparently, California's on fucking fire. <laughs> it's like hellscape outside. It's like, yo, man, it's some other shit. So, um, but I'm actually, I'm, I'm surviving. I'm just got lazy as fuck lately. Really? Uh, what part of California you live in, Shane? I'm right in uh, Mid Wilshire. Mid Wilshire. You know where the Grove is? I, you know, I haven't been to California so long, man. I can't, I couldn't even figure. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Maya, you know where it's at? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm right like down from the Laugh Factory. Uh, oh, well, that means you're around the corner. You could have just came here. We could have saved all these technical problems that we were having, trying to zoom you in <laughs> next door. Do you know what I'm saying? No, I know. I'm, yeah, I'm like uh, uh, third and Fairfax. Oh, that's crazy. I'm going to go back over to um, uh, uh, Bristol Farms as soon as this is over to, to get some chicken. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I was going to eat some edibles, but I said, no, let me do this first. I appreciate this. Well, <laughs> that's I uh, me on edibles would be a whole different motherfucker. Like, I don't want to, <laughs> that, I don't want that dude. So. California edibles <laughs> are, 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 are just a nightmare. And, um, but if, if, I don't know if you remember Felicia Chappelle. This Felicia is here joining us. If you say hello. You gotta say hello to me, woman. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's been a it's while. Great to see your face. Yeah, I'm still I'm still hanging in there. Um, hey Shane, I ain't seen you Mons in forever. I ain't seen you in forever, man. I know, we man. I know. The last time we haven't hung out, I mean, you in New York, that was years ago. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I mean, no, I've been I've been there. I dealt I had to deal with some family stuff, um, 
and then I went there and went to, uh, I was in Kingston for a little bit and then I came back. Yeah. So no, I mean, you know, I had some family members pass away and one of them, he kind of deserved it because he was an asshole. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, so, I, I don't like, know how some, to laugh at that. Though. I don't know. Like some people get <laughs> shot you go, damn. I'm you get shot and go, yeah, that motherfucker. Was, he I'm, I'm surprised. Like, I'm surprised I ain't shoot the motherfucker. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like, uh, good run. Yo, he had a good run. He had a good run, but yeah, he was a, he was he was a young. Not, was he young? No, he was older. He was, a, but he was diabolical. You know, he's an old diabolical dude that didn't let go his young diabolicalness. He never. You know? See, like you think that like diabolical would slow down with age. Yeah, you would think you would chill, but no, he was still doing dirt. I thought you were saying he didn't wear a mask or he went, he, <laughs> he went somewhere and he didn't have a mask on and maybe he caught COVID, you know. No, no, something. no. That, he caught, he caught uh, a cold. He caught a bullet. Yeah, and that was yeah, quick. Yeah, he caught a bullet. It wasn't a slow death. Yeah, it wasn't a slow death. It was, it was necessary. But um, no, nah, I'm glad you guys are okay. I mean, it's weird. Comedy has been... Uh, online now heather just jumped right in starting but she starts a lot of shit though she's trouble <laughs> like you can see she has a pretty smile but she's fucking ferocious <laughs> that's me <laughs> and why you didn't even say no she's not you were like yeah yeah pretty. no because <laughs> comes in you know she she brings pastries and stuff to manipulate people like you know what I mean? People always look at the ones who are the loud, you know, shit starters, that that's going to be the trouble. But I mean, Heather's right, but she's one of those people that comes with being right and then pastries. So she's like, eh, and you, you can't really, you can't push. Yeah, you can't really get mad at somebody bring you pastries. Bring you pastries. Heather, you've never bought me a pastry since I've known you. So tapping about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mel. There's a neighbor she taps above when she's working out her, her tap dancing. So she's tapping above the neighbor and the neighbor who wants to like call the police on her. Um, just pretty much just because she keeps showing up with cupcakes and stuff. So the girl is just like, all right, I'm not going to be mad. <laughs> Cupcake, Dude, I bring her cupcakes, a cake. You know what? I was going to stab you in your forehead with a spoon, Heather. <laughs> God damn these <laughs> cupcakes. Cupcakes. What are these cupcakes? Is that red velvet? Shane, what do you do, man? Like, you don't age, brother. Like, I have not. I'll be 58 soon. I'll be 58. No way. What? Bro, look at all this gray, though. Look at all this gray. What are you talking about? Shave it off, but I don't. I just like, ah, fuck it. Bro, you look like this when I met, like, 20 years ago. No, you know how long I met you? It was actually almost 22 years. Hmm. Damn, bro. I'm old. You're not. You're well, I, am, I am. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Shane, Everybody on here is looking good. That's the back. Yeah, we live, need, it. we live it. You need to help some of your fellow comics, man. Um, you know, because they aging pretty bad. You need to <laughs> give them some. Damn. Get that shit off your chest. Really? <laughs> you need to give them some yeah, ingredients. Yeah, you see that motherfucker. <laughs> That's a lot. Like, like, I know this sounds really chauvinistic and it's a Me Too movement, but I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, my, you can still get it. That's what I'm saying. You can still get it. <laughs> like, you know, police, like, if you want it, you got it. That's what I'm saying. Don't you put your titties. You put your titties. No. But no, I think that, that I think that right now, um, you know, I mean, you did kind of lean back with the titties. Heather already. I mean, you know, I think I think there's a certain age where it doesn't. It's not like a me too thing. It's just like a compliment. You like that? Appreciate it. It's like a certain age. You pass a certain age. It's just a thank you. 
Yeah, it's like, thank you. Wow, my ass, I appreciate it. <laughs> Alive. You're going in and out, Maya. I'm going in and out? Am I? You lost me? Oh, there you go. We got you now. There you go. Me back. Um, you know, I think it's, the key is 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 um, you're never been creepy. You know, some people are like creepy, and like you can say things when you when you like have friends that are not creepy, then it changes stuff. You know, what I mean, comedy like a lot of the guys that like they'd say stuff, and someone say, "Was that me too?" It's like it depends on who it comes from. If someone's a lurky stalker, creepy comedian that has to touch you all the time or something, because <laughs> <laughs> they're already a creep. See, that's a difference in this Me Too thing. If you are truly like just cool and, and, and you're always- Or do you want to come to my place kind of thing? Yeah, treat people with respect. <laughs> you, know, you know, the problem is, is when you get stuck on the road with the real creep. <laughs> on the road with the creepy feely guy that's always trying to give you a massage, like don't touch me. And their hands are always sticky, you know, something like, you know. Uh, or he might <laughs> say you look a little stiff, Maya. Yeah. You let me massage your neck for you. I've never heard somebody say, you look a little stiff. Maybe I can. <laughs> oh my God, that line gets used all the time. <laughs> Guys do that. I'm like, oh, you look stiff. It's like, don't touch me. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never, I, I've been That's lucky pretty... comedy wise. Like, even though I've been doing it a long time and I haven't made it to the level of some of the other comics I know, I've been so lucky that I've been able to consistently make like what doctors make. And that's when my son had to check me because my son moved back in with me and because uh, all this shit. And it was weird. It was like, even though I'm not like, if you look at the, I've been around the John Stewart's, the Chappelle's, the, the, these people that are monsters. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I still get, you know, I still have that mutual respect as a person, as a man, but I think comedy wise, honestly, um, to be able to be able to work. And I've been doing it like almost 30 years and I'm still, booked and, and viable, I, I have to shut my mouth when I get mad, like, how oh, that motherfucker get that role? Well, I still, I make a living yeah. telling dick jokes. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, no, look, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. I kind of I go, wait a minute, I've consistently worked four yes. years, and I had to look back at it because of this pandemic, and because I had a ton of dates booked, but obviously this shit fell through, and I just right. realized, like, hey, you know what? My son's like, you don't understand how well you've done. You need to shut the fuck up. And it's weird when your son talks you that way. Like, hey, nigga, oh, okay, you're right. Right. But, it's, right. but you also got to recognize that you're hilariously funny. Like, I think the last time I saw you might have been in Ohio, actually. Yeah, it was um, At the phone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And man, I mean, you got to give yourself some credit for still being funny because it's hard to stay fresh. It's hard to stay vibrant. Definitely hard to spin this stuff we're looking at now. Like, how are you going to spin what we're looking at now? Last time I saw you, it was like straight laughs. It was like, okay, how much breathing am I going to allow them in between? Oh, that's the nice. Laughs? That's no, nice. It was just Yo, like Dayton, Dayton was fired. My Dayton, I did the Funny Bone and then they had this big giant concert with like Stevie Wonder and everything. Stevie Wonder killed it. It was crazy. And, uh, and Dayton, uh, Chappelle had thrown this giant, it, it was like 2,000 people, I don't know. Mm. And um, the crowds are just awesome in Dayton. I was surprised how, how good the crowds are. You know got good crowds? I was surprised. Arlington, Texas. Really? Are they funny? Yeah, I thought it was gonna be a bunch of people pass around a family tooth. But <laughs> <laughs> Heather, they were like hip, 
I was doing references and they was getting them. I was like, yo, they got, did they just get that Nas reference I threw out? That's oh, they were really good. Um, that was the wow. last gig before everything wow. shut down. I, wow. I did um, well, the improv in Arlington, Texas. You, I came back home and that was it. The beauty though is with you, like I said, you you don't age at all. You don't have a, you don't look a day different. So Dude, seriously. Up a camera and go. Let's 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 go in and, and do some more work with Shang the way we should be doing. You think you've you've been blessed because you do not look like you you know a day different from. And I want to say how long ago I first. <laughs> you're not. You're not you're, you go? I'm not gonna really speak on the time, but yeah. Oh no, because it's like <laughs> come close. To no, you. no one. Yeah, we did Def Jam. Think about that. I they had a big Def Jam. Uh, did you see it, man? It was on uh, Netflix. Yeah. They had, that shit was crazy. It's amazing, and, bro. Yeah, and that, that it, ran, it ran that long, and yeah. that we got the opportunity. The fact it was we got a great the platform too. Great yeah, platform. it was a great platform, and the opportunity to do it, I was like, yo, that's some cool shit right there. And then they picked a bunch of comics to air on the Netflix. I got to check. It's weird. I don't usually get checks because everything is, you know, online. So I got a check. I was like, Netflix? Oh, they want me to, I already got Netflix. That's just been my mind. I already got Netflix. I don't know what this is. So I opened it up and I almost like ripped it through the way because I think, oh, and it was a check from them because they used 30 seconds and it was a grip. It was a, I was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? Yeah. They, you, they, wow. used, they for the Def Jam 25th anniversary. Oh wow! Well, I went, I went up there for that, but the good, the only thing that's I started to see checks finally show up um, because I know HBO's running them again, and the only reason why I know that I'm not going to get lost in my episode because Dave was my host, so no one's going to like lose the Chappelle episode of him hosting. So that's like. <laughs> and plus, no, yeah, and you no, if you came out and you brought it, if no, you can get lost if you didn't bring it. I'm gonna tell nah, you. You tore it up though. I remember yeah, that. If you didn't bring it, I would have been like, "Yo, so." Yeah, though they had the cut spot. And, and mm. so they always had one guy in a cut spot. So if one guy wasn't good, they always had one person who'd get removed from the show. Cause remember there was booked one extra comedian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. that was like, that was that I had like, that was like my life changer at that time. And then it's just been, you know, that was that time that was like the, the best uh, taping. It's still probably one of the best tapes. Somebody's looking at something now for me and they're like, I saw your old Def Jam. And it was like bizarre. Like that's, that's like the clip, you know, that people, that was a format for, I mean, a platform for a lot of just great comics coming up. I mean, careers took off. You're right. People were really working and still are from that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have people that still remember those shows, you know. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. You're so right on that. I mean, I, I think what helped me, like the, it sounds so, this is so racist, but it's true. <laughs> Look, please, you're like, here we go. Heather's like, seriously? Seriously, is that what we're doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> Speak no, your mind, brother. No, no. Um, doing the late show, uh, the late late show, and those shows, the white audience was more hip to me as a stand-up and Comedy Central. But before that, I had done all the black shows, and I was making money and selling places out, and didn't have a fucking clue of me. It wasn't like they didn't le make me legitimate until oh, he he did well on Comedy Central. Oh God. <laughs> He did all the late show. Did he do yeah, and, and that's when they were, they were like, then they started paying attention to me for like more gigs and more mainstream clubs. But I was like, I, I even talked shit to some clubs. I'm like, I'll 
I'll rent a place out across from you and sell that bitch out and send you videos of it on your slowest night. Like I would, I started getting like, fuck y'all. And then when I did the, did the show and they were so nice to me, I'm not gonna act like they weren't even though, you know, you gotta think Letterman's company is just so, they're very callous. They're very like, look, get in, get out, shut up. You're not known. Um, <laughs> And then, but they were really nice to me. I think because they, you know, I, I brought some real thugged out motherfuckers with me. Like, I think that was part of it too. Like, yeah, let's not say anything to this guy. He might, uh, like, if there's pending violence, they go, maybe I won't be. We better, we better keep them in this one. We yeah. don't want to take them out. We don't know what's going to happen. And you were like the first real headliner that I, I remember watching outside of Caroline's. Because I remember Caroline's, the way Caroline's would do something. And I remember when Chris Rock came in for his first big special, when he brought it to test it in New York after he'd been on the road. And then we were, but I was on the, we were on the road somewhere. I can't remember. I think it was like with Toothless and Tracy Morgan. And there was, like, you were like in Pennsylvania or upstate New York or like up by like, so it was some crazy out of the way, like one of my first road gigs. And it was before I taped Def Jam. And it was still at the like, I'm, I'm funny. They're paying me 50 bucks, you know, <laughs> like, and think I think about that. Yeah. They pay, they still play the same shit they paid then. I meet this guy, Shang, and like, <laughs> you were on the road sure. and like, you're like a headliner headliner. And it was just, and it was a venue that wasn't like a comedy venue. It was like to see like a jam packed venue that was like this really special, like headline night. And, and it was like such you were like such a big star like everybody was like oh my god like shang is here and uh then i just never even seen anyone do what you did on stage that was like my first because i was i never went to comedy clubs before i started comedy but then it was always like a five guy the five guys on the show the six guys on the show or the long comedy night and i'll never forget that i can't i can't remember where it was but i remember you had on this like you had on your hat but it was like a multicolored hat out of here unfortunately <laughs> funny like I, I remember that and then and i just I, and i can i can actually visualize that that first time i met you and they had like a balcony upstairs and it was like seating and then the stage was underneath and the place was like this huge it was no you know what's weird about uh, this it's like i thought about it and this don't sound like oh uh, you know like men catering but there wasn't a lot of women comics I don't know if that's, you know, there wasn't a lot of female mm -hmm. comics getting a shot at it, or even, I, I don't remember even featuring. Uh, it's because like we're not funny. It's because we're not funny at all. No, that's not, <laughs> no, that's, no, no, I'm saying, like, if you look at the landscape of. I'm staying um, out of this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I understand. No. I ain't going to say this one. No, but think about it. There wasn't a lot of female it's comics, and then you, I would have it. And also, they would think you're going to pull a Louis C.K. Because I remember one woman was on the show with me and didn't realize I was like, I had a woman. I, 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 unfortunately, I had a woman that I was dedicated to just her vagina. So I didn't need additional vagina. I had vagina at the crib that was fire. So I didn't, I never, <laughs> no, it was. Like, I mean, we ain't together now because she got tired of me being on the road, which makes sense. And I would have broke up with me too. Like, baby, I'm gonna see you in a month. Babe, I'm gonna see you. And after a while, she's like, can you be home? I'm like, yeah, but you like that car you driving. Yeah. <laughs> you don't got no receipts up in this bitch. <laughs> Cause it's true. So, you know, she ended up marrying a bus driver, which makes sense. Good. 
But <laughs> and we were together for a long time. But I'm just saying, I would never like. And the woman was automatically in the green room with me, were apprehensive with me. I'm like, and I was rude as fuck because I'm like, nobody's trying to fuck you. And it, <laughs> I should have said it that way, but it, I figured she's another comic. I'm like, nobody, nobody's thinking about that. You come in the green room, talk shit. You're I like female comics. I'm like, talk shit. Say you could be the dirtiest female comic in the world. There was a friend of mine, comedian Sandy Brown, was always like, "I don't want the industry to think I'm dirty. Do what the fuck you want to do." There are mm-hmm. male comics that say whatever's on their mind. That's why I love to see women push the envelope and say, "Whatever, fuck, mm-hmm. fuck them." You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. You should edge if you're edgy. Don't like not be edgy. Like I knew that I wasn't going to accept it by a lot of people in some industry, but I'm like, well, I'm not for you. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Some people like apple juice, some people like orange juice, and some but, people like. But you brought you brought you brought always a certain energy, always. Right. It was never I, I've never seen you not bring an audience up. It's always elevated. Try. Um, and, and so you know. Unless I haven't, you know, I, I mean, I haven't seen every show you've ever done, but when you were in New York, when you were in New York and I had to run, the, when I was running the clubs, but I would also often sometimes go with you places or whatever, yeah. but you always elevated the room. It was like that, that tempo of just power. You know what I mean? You know what I learned that from? Uh, yeah. uh, I learned it from uh, a band, actually, a band called Fishbone. Oh, Fishbone. I love Fishbone. Oh, shit. I'm glad so glad you know Fishbone. I love Fishbone. Yeah, Fishbone. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He's with one of the guys from Fishbone, who's a real close friend of Heather's. In fact, he came to the improv one night. You should have been there. And he played, the, the who was a keyboard uh, player on Fishbone. Oh, uh, wow. Chris Dowd. And he played on the Maya show one night at Christmas one time. So, yeah, we know we're all huge Fishbone fans. Yeah, and I love their energy, and I would go see them do shows, and I would just, mm. I used to mosh, and I was into the Black, it's called the Black Rock Coalition, and it was Living Color, Lenny Kravitz, mm. um, a Bad Brains, Blackasaurus Max. I used to go see them, and I saw Fishbone open and blow the other act off the stage. Body count. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not hating on the other act. Okay, fuck it, Jane's Addiction. The point is, no, blew him off the stage. And I was like, yo, I want to be like these motherfuckers. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they just came out and the, the energy and the crowd went crazy. And I'm thinking, but this is a Jane's Addiction crowd. And yet this band, an all black band, who's mostly white folks, killed it. And I thought, that's it. That I mean, it, it blew me away. And then comedy wise uh, was, uh, I'd say, uh, it, well, this is old school. Nobody, anybody's listening to this, I go, no. I mean, Paul Mooney, then he mm. gave zero fucks. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, <laughs> no, yeah. I, honestly, I'm not yeah. kidding. Zero fucks donated at yes. the office. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> I saw him, like, he, he walked half the crowd and was like, whatever, nigga. They got it. And then I, I used to be managed by Bill Hicks' manager. And I, Bill Hicks saw me in New York at the comic strip. And I got kicked out for doing a Satan worship joke. Well, apparently, some people were offended. No, it was a funny Satan worship joke. Stop. It was okay. It was a little bit about drinking baby blood. But the point is, <laughs> the point is, I, I did the bit, and and they people got offended to complain. He said, "Don't do that joke on the second show." 
And have you ever done your set where you're in the middle of your set and you kind of do the material because you're doing it anyway? And I did it, and, and he was going to kick me out, and then uh, kick me out of the club. And Bill Hicks was in the back and said, uh, you know, if he – and I don't know Bill Hicks. I didn't know him. He said, if he don't work here, I don't work here. And he came up, keep doing that Satan joke. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And I walked away <laughs> and kept me in the club. But then he told his manager about me, and his manager came to see me, and then he ended up managing me oh. uh, for a bit until Hicks died. And then when Hicks died, he just lost it. It's like I'm not fuck comedy in the business and everything. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah. Wow. yeah, when he passed, it was like he was like I don't want to even want to do this wow. anymore. Hicks was funny. Hicks, but Hicks another person. I heard a lot about him. I never really got a chance to see his sets or anything. No, like he gave zero fucks. He would yeah. say. It's legendary. So you yeah. Know. He, and he was so, he was real cool to me. It just he was so uh, uh, like he was walking, start punching the pictures of the comics on the wall. Cause he's like, ah, fuck him. And I mean, his knuckles are bleeding and he just would walk around. He was just a extreme. And I was sitting in the back going, yeah, I like this motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know why I like shit like that. I like, I like baby punchers. I like, <laughs> like, like, like if a baby get too out of line, he get too rah-rah, like, hey baby, you ain't got hands yet. <laughs> Until you can run hands, you need to shut the fuck up, baby. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> Heather, not that I punch babies. My, <laughs> I'm not a baby puncher, Heather. Don't you, you start. <laughs> I'm saying like that kind of mentality of like, yo, go for it. Um, I yeah. thought Eddie Murphy, another big influence uh, when I first saw him. Uh, this is old. I keep saying all these old school shit, but I, it would resonate. It was delirious. Shane, you I know you're from New York originally. But right. Did you start comedy in New York or did yeah. you move away? No, I started, I started, and uh, I moved away about nine years in. Okay. Moved, moved away because... Um, did you start in? Huh? Spots did you start in? Where did you, what clubs were Village you? Gate. Oh, okay. Village Gate. Um, I used to do a lot of, like, music, uh, CBGBs and music uh, outlets, because my act at the time, I was doing stuff about, you know, putting microwave up puppies in microwave ovens and all kind of crazy shit. And, and the audiences love that shit. Yeah, they, they, I, the audience I was catering to was like, yeah, fuck puppies. And <laughs> they, they were that type of audience. Like, yeah, I wish a puppy would say something. <laughs> a club called Pips. Yeah, Pips. Pips, I used to do Pips. And then um, I finally got in, Caroline's used to be on, at the seaport. Mm. And Caroline's and then Caroline's it was a small club on 8th and then it moved to the seaport then it moved to uh, 50th and Broadway and Lewis liked me Lewis Miranda liked me and so I started doing Caroline's and but the main oh wow the club I started my first set was a club called Who's On First with Peter Spellows and mm. then um, yeah wow. my first club and then um, he he would like me and he said, yeah, you got to get your act kind of, you got to get a segways, because I had no segways. I was like, yeah, fuck albinos. And <laughs> like, I wouldn't even, like, it wouldn't connect to nothing. Like, yeah, albinos, we need to cremate them and make more bottles of whiteout. Because <laughs> that's where I thought albinos came from, cremated little albinos wearing whiteout. So that was my first joke. And got, I had dick jokes, too, because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Like, just, yeah, Godzilla need to, if he came to New York, he fucked 
the Statue of Liberty and turn, yeah, like shit like that. <laughs> and, but, it, but nothing had to do with nothing else. It would just be like, yeah, yeah. And then that was it. And what? then. Uh, now it makes <laughs> the fact that you were into that music scene now i uh, the entire like because you were never in the box of like just a standard like hip-hop comedian or you were right. ever in a box and it was it was weird because it was always like well you know and this business is so on their boxes you know everything fits right. person fits there and now that you just went like this is your music background this is cbgs and all these different things in the back and all of a sudden i just realized like yeah, that you was, added that element too, that rock stardom sort of to your comedy. Yeah, you know? yeah I love yeah. that. Yeah, you had that vibe. Like uh, now, I'm totally getting exactly. It's like it's funny because it's like you when you're outside the box, it's like it's kind of like a brand thing. But yeah, nobody really had that vibe, and you have this, and it, it also lends itself to this crossover vibe. So you could be in a room of people slam dancing, then you come up, and then you know what I mean, where. Where I love, I love the like black crowds for me have kept me afloat, but I, I crossed over early. But I'm gonna tell you right now, Comic View uh, really did well for me because uh, they put me on there a lot um, before I did any of the other ones. And they used to have a, a, a show called Uptown Comedy Club. It's my home. Was, uh, yeah. I, I, wow. So yeah, that club. So I think for me that was what it did. But I think. My main thing is, the reason I brought Fishbone up, some of the bands I listened to, they would come up on stage and be like, grab people by the throat. And I, I like, does that make sense, Felicia? I don't know if that makes sense if I grab them by the Like, no, like, people are like, no, you can't violently attack the crowd. No, I mean, get them, like, hey, motherfuckers, shows, it's showtime. Like, and I just, I love that shit. I loved, um, I watched Bono once. Uh, from YouTube, and they were told him, "Hey, don't bring out that Irish flag. flag. Don't do this." He was doing a show, and they were, he's like, "Fuck y'all!" And the first thing he did, and they said, "Don't do that song in the name of love." They would like literally do this other song. YouTube, they were already YouTube. They were, and he came out and and something about the fact he brought the he had the flag Irish flag, and that's the first song he did. I went, "That's what the fuck I'm talking about." Yeah. And you know, and, and and the crowd went crazy. And even though he didn't sing the hit that was a hit at the time, he's like, this is what I feel like singing. And that's why I like comedy, because I'm like, I'm gonna do what the fuck I wanna do the way I do it. And it took me a while to get in the lab factory too. It took me a while. But I my per perseverance was like, well, I got gigs on the road already and I'll get in when I get in. And Jamie was like, you know, and, and one time I got mad because you're like, you know you fucking shut up, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I know what's wrong with. Well, it's Shane too, but you had to build up to that, right? I mean, when you started, I mean, you, you built this sort of you you built this person, but before you had to start, you had to do like basic like one, two, three, four, you know, like slapstick, uh, you know, yeah. kind of routines, right? I mean, well, no, I you know what I did I, oh, a couple times I sold the fuck out completely, and and then my act. A lot of people were following me, started sending me hate mail, and then I changed it back. Because um, I was like, I saw the people like Chris Tucker, and and uh, I had my first Dev Jam was about the black economy and killing Klansmen. And, you know, so, and then I'm seeing people get put on by doing, you know, like, what if Michael Jackson felt like this? <laughs> <laughs> my first show was about the black economy. I'm going, 
I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> Does that make sense? I'm like, I don't know. But no, I mean, because they didn't give a fuck about the... That's real. You know, I loved Chris Tucker's energy. But basically, if you break his set down, it was like, you're doing cockroach jokes and same old, like... Well, he was jokes. famous for five minutes. Oh, for shit. Five, five minutes. So? Yeah, I mean, he he didn't have a... I, I don't think... Back then, he had a complete set like most oh, comics. He had that powerful maybe seven to ten minutes where he just really exploded. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. he didn't have that long hour set that Dave Chappelle had back then. You know what I mean? At the same age. He had a very powerful ten minutes, and that really, that's all he needed because he sold that character. Yeah. And 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 that was it. But when he really had to do stand up, stand up, I don't think he had. No, he 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 took it to the face. He sold out the Palladium, and he had a phase on love, and um, Chris, not uh, T K Kirkland open for him. Oh. And uh, that's a mistake. Yeah, right. Wow, I know <laughs> that was wrong. Uh, <laughs> Not that, I mean, but then again, what can I say? And they had to put it this way. They had to refund the people's money. Um, <laughs> Back when you open for folks, because I've seen you deliver and you deliver hard. So like when you're, when you're opening for somebody, do you strategize so that you know you just stay alive? Do you ever have to play it like that? I see, I did that for like a second and I hated myself and I said, nah. Like when you have, yeah, like I did that for a second because I was like, uh, when my son was born, I'm like, I got to feed this little motherfucker? Damn. <laughs> so... I, um, yeah, for a second, and then I started hating myself. And then somebody came up to me and said, wow, really, Shang? And I, and I knew exactly what they were talking about. And I was like, because I put on a suit, and I'm like, eh, that ain't really me. I put, you know what I'm saying? I thought, well, if Steve Harvey wears suits, maybe I'll wear suits. Well, I see all the comics, Bill Bellamy playing it up to the ladies. So I'll do some, I'll write some ladies jokes. Like ladies, how you doing, ladies? Like that, and I would start, and I would did it because I was like, yeah, I'm getting all these girls, and I hated it. And I, I did a, a a snap on one show, and just went back to my normal shit, and I, and, yeah, and I had a good set. And I'm like, wait a minute, why was I doing that shit? For what? So fuck them. And then some comics would take me on the road, um, not because I was. Because I've seen people come up, like Cat Williams came up after me and made me a memory. Like I wasn't even on stage. I had to laugh at her. Like, and I destroyed. And it was like so. I, yeah. you know, that's it has how somebody strong. Yeah, huh? it has to be something. It has to be somebody strong because um, you've got that relentless kind of just very agile, relentless. Well, you no, know, yeah, like it's UFC. It's like once you get the person down, you got to yeah. ground them. Yeah, you like MC, you're like an MC, you like MC it. Like, you know how uh, somebody who's DJing has to kind of keep the music flowing? That's oh, I know what you're saying. About how you write your, how you play your set when it's when Kid Capri. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, Heather, I'm sorry. I, 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 again, the Me Too thing about the, you know, I don't want you to get mad about at me, Heather. You know, you know, I've exposed myself to you many times, Heather, and, uh, you handled it well, and I appreciate that about you. Okay, just because I pulled my penis down in front of you doesn't mean I'm a bad person. I didn't. I didn't notice it. I. That's why I'm upset. I must have missed it. I, that's you know. That's what. That's why I think. Oh, she had an answer for that one. No, you know what? And she's right. Uh, it's you know. It, it, you know, I have one of those penises that's not impressive, but it's fucking thorough. 
Does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you know, honey badgers are small, but they'll fuck you, you know. up. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know the honey badger don't give a fuck. You know, the more they talk. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're small, the more they're like, man talks. Yeah, more man talks, you go, mm. Mm. <laughs> She said, hey, this is, yeah, I wasn't this really, is really I really wasn't offended because I didn't even know it was out. I thought it was your thumb. <laughs> Thank you, Heather. The pandemic, wildfires, floods, and now Heather puts my manhood down. Thank you. <laughs> so, so, so Shane. Okay, you know, the first time I met Shane was when we were doing a show at another um, venue and, and, and Maya wanted to create the look of the cotton club. And so she was obsessed with building these palm trees like the cotton club in New York City. Okay. And, huh? Copa, the Copa Cabana. The Copa, sorry, not the Cotton Club, the Copa. And, uh, and, and, and so we tried to build palm trees. And I think Shang was there the first night we had the palm trees maybe, when they were falling down, like it was a freaking hurricane inside the club. And Shang gets up and he's like, I don't remember what the joke was, but you, it was so funny. You destroyed the trees. I mean, you just like destroyed the trees. Saying it was like your Pimp's living room. No, it was great because because the palm trees at that point by that time because Jeff Husbands was producing with me. He's like, we can do these palm trees. We're gonna just do it. So we drove around. He starts hacking up these trees. But now we kept trying to tape them and strap them and get them to sit on these weird poles inside the. And so they inside the lab. And by the time Shane got up, they're all falling off. It looked like they were all leaning, and I was like, funny. What what show was this? Okay. Falling, and then I rewrapped the whole trunk of the 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 pole in like this sequence fabric that I found that reminded me of Las Vegas. I can't even. It was. Yeah. Uh, it was at the um, improv. What's the small room called? Lab, and we do. Heather would open with tap, and then me and Heather would do a a, a, a song, a funny song. I try to jump in and tap with her. And then we'd bring up Jeff, and it was, everything's coming up, roses. And then we'd throw up, start the show. And then we'd do some stuff in the middle, like artsy stuff in the middle. And then Shang would come up, and he was always coming in absolutely slaughter. But I didn't mind you ripping apart the room, you know? Because this is one thing, too. When we first started doing the shows, the improv, and we'd get shows, and it'd be like Shang, Bill Burr, all these, like, killers that were coming on the show. And somebody's like, well, you're going to have to go last. Maybe you shouldn't put yourself last. And I was like, in New York, we never knew when we were going up. Like in New York, mm-hmm. yeah. the way the shows were run, you could be behind the world's biggest beast. And that's how you got your chops up. You did better coming off of a guy that would kill uh, before you'd go on. And it wouldn't be like, oh, I don't want somebody that would kill. Like I remember, this is dating me in comedy, but Red Johnny the Round Guy would always go on to Boston and nobody wanted to go behind Red Johnny the Round Guy. Oh, yeah. Beep up oh, yeah. and do as a two-person thing. And if you had to follow, like, the, the better comedians you followed, the better it made you. So it's like surfing off the, surfing the wave. Like, oh, it's, that's how I feel like. It's like they brought the wave up. It's like, oh, I got to, now it's my turn to jump in. And it really makes it more fun. And the shows were always more fun to me than, than being worried about who you're going behind. I was like, what about those check spots, guys? You, I know you used to hate those check spots. Didn't well, those you? were terrible. We should explain the check. <laughs> no, the- well, for those who don't know, comics hate check spots, but that's when they pass the bills out. That's when they pass the bill out. And people are, yeah, they're yeah. attention. You're on stage mid joke, and then all of a sudden they drop this bill, and now they're kind of been drunk and they forgot that they paid 
all this money to get in the club. And then they've been ordering. <laughs> well put. Because the wait staff, you're like, yeah, I'll have another. And so you do and have another. And then the next thing you know, they, <laughs> they cannot afford. Yeah. And they start looking at you and the bill and you and the bill. And they're trying to compute both. And then they're like, this bitch is just not that funny. Like literally, is she really worth the, like, what did we see here? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> being, being, when I try to put together shows and I'm in LA and I'm like, man, I would be mad as hell. Like you can't like a, some, some clubs, a lot of clubs and, and not like Laugh Factory and a lot, a lot of the clubs that Masavia would, would put together shows, that the shows were that good. So if we were at Boston and you're coming between like Wanda and Dave and, and Tony Woods and, and Greer Barnes, you know that show was crushing and you had to crush. But like some of these shows you're like, wow, this is like, these people spent a hundred dollars each person. Yeah. End of the night, cause you don't think about it. Cause it sounds like it's cheap getting in. And then the drinks add up and the next thing you know is a hundred, hard to dollars And you're going, what did I just see? Yeah. So, you know, it makes you think about, cause sometimes people get like- It's always important too, how you line your comics up. Always, always about- Oh, wow. Yeah, that's lining guys up in, in order of how you want the show to go, as opposed to putting a big guy up first, a guy that's powerful, you know, like I would always try to make it just peak, like just each comics, whatever their capabilities are, I would yeah. line them up according to that. That's and, what Masada yeah. used to do to me, I didn't like, uh, because I would go on like, no, I mean, I'm gonna be real with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, he would, he, he said, but, but we're gonna switch you, put you up. <laughs> <laughs> and because the a comic, I forget the comic. He got he's tattooed all the way to his arm. Uh, I forget his name. He does a whole he does a bit about uh, possibly being gay. He's he's strong though. He was funny. And Dane Cook went up, and he didn't want to go up after Dane Cook. And my spot was the later. And I said, "Well, fuck it, I'll go up after Dane." And and then you know uh, he's like, "Okay, you're not going up. You'll go up, buddy." And I went up after Dane because I'm like. I, to me, it was like, yeah, so what? And I think that you, you do have to kind of look at the person's energy. I can follow a Dane because me and Dane's energy right. is moving forward. Right. But if you, you wouldn't want to put somebody with a real slow, like right. a heat clip, who I think, you know, he got funny shit, but he can't, you know, right. he, can't, he can't follow. Like, you know, uh, I did a show with Earthquake, mm -hmm. a taping with Earthquake, and Earthquake's hard to follow. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, very strong. I don't know if you've yeah, seen his Yeah, he's very, yeah, he's a very strong Very guy. strong. And yes. uh, so, um, you know, you just got to get the mind frame. Like Maya said, you follow whoever. Fuck it. You know, you up. Like, I if you're not a high energy comic, though, that is yes. hard to achieve. Because yes. you, you're asking yourself to do something that's just not your, 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 your lane. I mean, yeah, it's not your lane, especially on a major show. Now, if you, you know, you're working out during the week, that's a different story. I get that, but. Sometimes I learn, I learned to just drop it. Like it took me a long time to understand that. And so I always call it Tony Woods in it. Like if you go in and somebody's really super high um, and, and I'd watch how Tony would just go in and he, he just would settle in and he would start, he would just re, he would almost like he'd wipe the stage clean by taking so long to settle in. Um, by doing little things like, you know, boop, stupid, just like testing the mic and leaning around. He would do little things and the room would settle completely. Right. 
and he would shift that energy. And I never really realized how much that is like, now I know, but for years I didn't understand it. But now I know when I'm sitting in a pocket, you know, sit in the pocket and just let them go and then come out. And I always call it, okay, let me Tony Woods open to just settle myself into creating my own space. Right, right, right. And build from there. But because, um, but I, I mean, there are some comics though that I, I would love. I love writing their energy. Like when they come off stage, like when it, when I'd have to, because it was my show at the Improv was called the Maya Show. So I've come. I just slated to do the end. But then it's like when, when like Shang comes in, and it was like, okay, if I switch with Shang, you could switch with Shang. But when Shang would come in, I always felt like the audience was so ripe for anything, because there were. Oh yeah, I have. I did say some uh, some stuff. I right. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it. it makes a difference too because even if you say something blue like my thing is if you're gonna say something dirty and blue at least let it be funny like there's nothing where I gotta be funny yeah when people come in they say stuff and you're like okay now everyone feels icky and, and right yeah <laughs> like you can't you can't do like you can't do a rape teenager joke <laughs> you can't that's not really it but I mean I've seen like you I think you are right about how you have to figure out how to the, the energy of the comics is I saw um Gerard Carmichael in fact I did an interview recently and people thought I was hating on him I wasn't hating on him I mean I'm glad he's making money anybody who's making money and doing good at this good for you yeah. but they shouldn't have put him up after uh you know some of the people at the, at the comedy store would they I shouldn't have put him up last they should have put him up early because I'm saying when I say he died to death for like 30 minutes I mean it was like god Damn, it was it was it was it was torturous. Well, I, I find the store. I find the store a little bit weird anyway, in, in the way the energy is, and you know, I always would think it was me. And then one day, I remember going in, and who's the um? Was it Ali who does Ali Wong? So Ali Wong's on stage, and I'm and um, Leslie comes in because she's about getting ready to tape her special. So Leslie's standing on the side, and she's and it was weird because L.A. will do this to you. Like L.A., it's the cadences are so weird. And the energy is not like, okay, here's your cadence. And then you kind of jump into this kind of double Dutch type rhythm, which New York feels like you're jumping into a double Dutch rhythm. And, and Leslie's like, she's whispering. She's whispering our, her jokes. How am I supposed to go on? Because Leslie loves to just get really aggressive. Like she's whispering. I'm like, you know, just remember the New York cadence because like I think it took me a long time in LA just to find a switch because I'm such a high energy act that people are going, oh, you're too aggressive. You can't come in and be aggressive in LA. It freaks people out. You just can't come on and push on the energy. You have to, you have to ease back or they just are not receptive. And it took me a few years to almost get past it, but it is feel like it's some level of like mental work to not get uh, distracted um, because it's hard to read cadences in, I find, especially at the store, I find, I find the cadence. Or the store, I mean, I think that, I was just on one when I, by the time I started doing spots at the store, like, I was like, this sounds so bad. Felicia, like, really? Yeah, seriously. I was on some, fuck all y'all. This is my shit. This is what I'm doing. And that's it. If that's at the store, wherever the fuck I'm going, you know, this is it. And I'm not changing your, my shit for you. And when I did change up after I got made feel like a piece of shit, well, you got people in New York, out there called, yo, motherfucker, what you doing? Why you do that? Like, when they saw me with the suit on, and, like, they would flat out tell you, yo, man, I came see you at the other show. Now you wearing ties and suits. What kind of bitch shit is that? I'm like, 
I don't even know you. Man. That don't matter, man. I'm not taking my wife. I thought you was whack. Yeah. Fucking doing cat jokes. Fuck wrong with you doing airplane jokes. And and that's when I went, God damn, this is truth. This is on 60th and Broadway. This dude yelled out the car, then he pulled the car over to check me to make sure I knew that he like, hey dude, me and my wife paid to see the other nigga and you, who is this? Who is this? And then after that, I was like, yeah, you right, man. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Cause I thought, you know, I watched all the people on, on the late show and the tonight, well, even when I did a late show, I did a, mm. a, a, a dick joke, a flat out, and they let me get away with it. I was stunned. I did a joke about your woman can't be a cannibal if pertaining to oral sex cause she could get out of line. <laughs> and I was really, it's a dick joke, flat out. <laughs> I can see if it wasn't a dick joke. But then I also didn't think about punching at the time. This is how long ago I did it. And I did it like twice since then. I did a joke about beating Bush up. Beating President wow. Bush up. Wow. Yeah, like flat out. You were and able were to like, get yeah. out? They were like, yeah, okay. Oh, we like that one. Because as long as it's funny and people getting their arms cut off. I used to do a joke about people getting their arms cut off. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? What kind of joke is that? But it worked. And um, I just think that. I was, by the time I got to LA, I was so in my lane. I just figured if I make it, I'm going to make it in my lane. If I don't, I'll just be a road comic and I'll be happy doing the road. And um, luckily some of the acting stuff kicked in. Some of the people saw I could act and I got on some series and stuff. So that helped me. Reoccurrings are so weird because it's like, you'll do one taping and then they won't call you for like two months. Go, hey man, your character's back in. Like, what? Like, I've literally forgot shit. Like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, okay. And then you do one, one, and then you don't, they don't see you for a while. And I just, like, I never got the consistent ones. Um, you know, other than, I've done six pilots. I've done six pilots. Not my own pilots, but I've been on six pilots. Wow. And it's, it's so weird uh, that none of them got picked up. <laughs> Not one. Not one. And for some people, people thought I was upset. I was like, well, no, I'll just, I'll go back to doing jokes. I'll go back to stand-up. That's what I like about stand-up. I can open for bands. I can just go do bars. Well, I mean, that's why Dave called his company Pilot Boy, because he shot so many pilots. Did he? I know, I know he was, the reason. <laughs> that's why it's called Pilot Boy Productions, because he shot so many pilots that didn't get picked up all the time. Wow. Someone that I, I, no, I thought it was, I swear to God, I thought it was some yeah. other reason. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. a, it's actually inspiring because when I, I was telling some, somebody the other day because they were all upset that they had a show and the show is a great comedian and he had like really major people in the show and the show was funny and it didn't get picked up. And then like you feel like, well, that's your one shot. And, and you hear the mentality, you go, no, that's not your one shot. And then I, I ended up saying this, like if you know like how many sitcoms Dave did and then to turn around and then, and then to go in at, at the Chappelle show during, during when they did um, Comedy Central, because me and Heather were actually offered, believe it or not, were offered a show the same year as Chappelle show did his first year. We were offered Sweeps Week. And the producer on our show said, oh, the money's too little. And walked away from the deal. Now, the thing is, is that it doesn't like it. So you think about, well, the money was little, but you have an opportunity because- They really do something, yeah. 
Whereas you're not going to get stopped at the gate because you have all these people analyzing all the stuff with these major networks. And then, and like, so we wouldn't even like all that's happened in comedy now watching Dave wouldn't even have happened if it was relied on regular network, you know? So like, I, I think you're right. Yeah. Comedy central let him go a little bit more yeah. I think, edgy. I don't think he could have did the Chappelle show. I was arguing with a bunch of young comics. They were like, that's not true. I'm like, yes, it fucking is. It was the right timing, too. It was the right timing for it. There's no way. He could have done it on a network. I don't think the Chappelle show. No, he couldn't have. No, he couldn't. Not the way he did it. See, y'all get it. They didn't get it at all. Like, no, it would have worked. I'm like, no. No, no, it couldn't have. They would have allowed him. They would have cut him off at, like, every every venue he tried to do it. I think you're right. Deal. Keep renewing every deal, every production deal, every year. He kept getting renewed, and it got to be it gets to be enough already. And if you just let the talent do what they do, you'll be able to see. And then, and then, and then look at like the expl- like there's a whole different comedy's been changed because of because of one little network that nobody like literally the the guy who turned around and said, Nah, nah, the money's too low. And me and Heather were like, It's not too low. We'll take. <laughs> You could have just fed me dinner and I would have done the stupid show. Like <laughs> dinner, chicken wings. I would have done it for dinner. <laughs> but but sometimes you know timing is is important too because like we said, David had so many pilots they didn't work and maybe he built enough later on to have the, the show that he had. You and I think sometimes that happens too as well. You know, the key is to not stop. You know, yeah. like, you know, and it's weird. Like I, I, what Shane was talking about with finding yourself when you come out to L.A. Because I, we, Heather and I came out to L.A. because we were working on film production stuff. So comedy for me was weird coming back. And I couldn't feel what was going on in the rooms. And I called Coco Brown. And Coco's like, you can't test deep material. Because like my group of comedy of who, you know, I'm, I'm someone who I think developed more because of the Boston. My influences were more like Greer and, Greer and Dave. So it's like, how do you have a statement? And you make a statement and here's your comedy. And, that, and, and mm-hmm. Wanda, that whole, that whole crowd of comics that were saying something and saying something funny. We're out here. She's like, you can't do that out there because people don't want to laugh because then they're co-signing what you said and they're worried about what somebody else is going to think if you're talking about something of depth. She said, you got to come back east. And it took me a while to get back on the road on the east coast. And it wasn't until I remember I was in Long Island and somebody, some heckle went off the wrong way. And you know, when you, for me, especially the way I look and as a female, there's always all these different issues of, so I got the Italians over here, I got the black women over here, and fold their arms like, oh, you think you're funny? And then I got some white girl in the back shouting out how she loves black men over the sisters in the front row, which is like, oh, this is totally going to read bad on me. And I remember just going off about the chain of events of all the stuff, how I'm going to get my ass whooped because I got to say this because my aunts who have the husband that ran off with the white woman, I just hope, but I just did a personal rant about the drama of complexionism and and dating and i and it was a rant that probably would have gotten me kicked out of a club in la it got me like a standing ovation in long island you couldn't have did that out here there would have been like furious but i broke it apart and everybody was just went and that's when i realized that's like sometimes the east coast can allow you to be you and it and it was it was so me that the that i felt like the the me I was trying to be was like, oh no, now you messed everything up. You got the new manager in the audience and you just did this. You're a, you know, why, why did my big mouth kick in? But it's interesting because when you come to LA, if you're developed and you know who you are and then right. persevere, but that's why I think 
just even with the shows that we've been doing, I'm so excited when I see you because you're someone who has been so strong in um, being a, like a dominating force of I'm going to do this. And, and everybody else should be like, I don't want anybody on here is going to be just like saying all kinds of crazy stuff. But Shang does it and it's, you know it's going to be funny. It's not like just coming up and just saying something crazy. Like pussy juice and then walk off. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, pussy, who like pussy juice? I like pussy. And then walk off. No, I think that I was in a meeting with uh, 20th Century Fox. Fuck them. And I, you know, dude was talking to me and he, I guess he didn't realize I'm a grown man. Who you talk like? They feel like they can talk to you anyway. And he's talking to me. And I stayed up late at night to read the contract before I went in. So I knew all of the contract. And he started talking. And he said, well, look at you. You wouldn't know anything about that. Right? And I was suited up. Like, I, I, I actually cut my hair, shaved it, came in, thought, let me play the game. Let me be like, hello, sir. Shake your hand. And he said that. And it just, I couldn't take it. I was like, first off, man, fuck you talking to. Like, I, it literally, and my manager at the time, was like, oh God, this is, oh, oh, this is bad. This is going south. Yeah, this is going south. I said, first off, you talking about paragraph seven, article five, you use my likeness in any way, shape, or form. You have to consult me first and we can decide equally which direction to go. You mean that shit I wouldn't know? How about this? We're going to take your little deal offer and fax it down the fucking street, you bitch. <laughs> like, and then, of course, he's like, Jason was like, uh, um, uh, sir, they're trying to apologize. I'm like, no, fuck that. You're supposed to be with me. You mean? Jason? And then we and I bounced. And and of course, when I reflect on it now that I'm older, I go, damn, what was wrong with me? But I just I like no, I'm I'm I think that sometimes they don't realize I'm a man first. Fuck all that comedy joke joke shit. Yeah. And I I that part I couldn't get used to, but on stage I didn't give a fuck. But I'm saying to not say we do that as much off stage. And, I, and then I started learning how to do it more, like come in when they would say something, a way to talk to them like, well, no, I actually do know. I, I mm. shouldn't have went to immediately to fuck you, bitch. I should have. <laughs> yeah, I could have something else. But um, luckily, uh, you know, I went, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's saying, I, with all the production. You have to ask questions. With all the production stuff that I was doing, and every time I get into the production, anything that, because I'm always shooting stuff and editing stuff and trying to put together films and this and that. And when it comes down to the, the uh, fuck you moment, <laughs> I have Heather speak. So I'm like, Heather, I can't yeah. talk to him. I can't talk. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. Like if anything that's like any business dealing that has been happening, Heather's like, <laughs> Heather's funny. Because Heather be like, uh-oh, I was coming down the street. I heard you down the block. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. and Heather will be able to, to navigate it. Well, Heather, I can tell because she already slammed she, me back about my penis. So she, I'm a. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Heather, you can handle your business. God damn it. I can handle it. And there's an art to telling people to fuck off without actually telling them to fuck Tell off. them to fuck off, right. And no, but then I didn't realize it until I kind of, uh, a comic, Rick Overton, told me that. He kind of schooled me. And then uh, another comic, uh, well, John Witherspoon schooled me. I started having some, I looked to older comics to how did mm -hmm. you do it? How do I not punch this motherfucker in his forehead? <laughs> like, like how do you how do you not want to punch them in the forehead when they say some old undercover racial shit or idiot shit and not realizing that no, you talking to the wrong one, dude. I actually do know the contract. I actually do know the percentages. I did sit with the lawyer and go through everything because I'm not gonna be a little Richard story. 
ever. No, that's not gonna happen. So um, I, I learned and then I, I ended up selling a script and it was another situation where they were like trying to change it and switch it around. And instead of me saying, fuck you, bitch, I kind of gave them, I, I, I navigated it a little bit better. And then I was like, oh shit, that's how you do it. You still act cool, but firm. But mm -hmm. I would go from zero to 60, like, how about I stab you in the eye? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I, didn't, I, I didn't have that in between until I think maybe 48. <laughs> right around that age, I went, you know what? Uh, they're paying me a lot of money. I need to chill the fuck out. But I swear, some of them need to be stabbed with a fork. They're such assholes. Um, and like the one, I had a show that I went in for a pilot for. We were pitching a pilot, and they wanted to change and say, ah, you need more. And this just sounds like such a thing everybody's gone through. So, yeah, but if we could change these characters to this kind of person, I said, nah, what made you? want to bring us in here. What you saw is what made you want to bring us in here. So why don't we go with what you saw that sparked you to say, we're going to give you this much money. Nah, but if we just, okay. I had, and, and, and I did a pilot with this woman and I knew she was horrible. She couldn't read a teleprompter, but she was fine as frog hair. She was fucking beautiful, but just dumb as a bag of dicks. Just not... <laughs> Gorgeous, like literally. I, I would, I absolutely like would. I would impregnate her just to see what the baby looked like. That's how she would just like. I know the baby would be, you know, beautiful and have wings. I think the baby would just come out with wings and just fly out. He was that fine. But I, I did a pilot with her for FX. Uh, not, not a, not one of my deals, but it was just like I read for it and I got it, and that shit didn't get picked up. The ultimate bachelor party. It was fucking horrible. It was horrible. It was, they tempted men and women that were try about to get married to cheat. And if they didn't cheat, they got extravagant vacations and shit like that. That was the show. She couldn't read the teleprompter. She was saying the punctuations. You're not supposed to say the comma. You're not, yeah, you think, Felicia, I know you're making it, it's the truth. You're not supposed <laughs> to say the comma and the parentheses and the period. Don't say the period. It just means stop. <laughs> <laughs> you think? See, it sounds like I'm making a joke up. I'm bullshit you not. She was. That is funny. Like, everybody on the set was like, "God damn, look at her!" <laughs> and so then, then the dude said, "Hey, can you take over some of these lines and just let her say a few things?" I'm like, "What the fuck? She getting more money than me? Why did you let her say the shit?" Well, we can only shoot for so long, and she keeps doing it wrong, and so. I knew her. I didn't know her, know her, because she didn't barely talk to me because I wasn't enough. I wasn't. So she would. She would read it like this, Shane. I am Shane. Period. Yes. <laughs> and they have to stop her and go, "Hey, that's not your line." So that's him. Don't do that. But they was always nice to her. Like, "Hey, don't do that." She goes, "Okay, can I take a break?" I'm like, and in my mind, I'm thinking, "Bitch, we gotta finish this shit." You, you. What's wrong with you? But they wanted her, and I just said no. I said, no, we're going to take this somewhere else. But I'm going to tell you right now, even the women in the room were like, yeah, hi. And, you know, and, and her name had to be Sasha. Why would it? Yeah, not only do you, she's fine, your name is Sasha. Fuck you. Fuck you for having the name Sasha. She was that fine. And, but I don't know what she's doing. Oh, she was on, um, she did a, 
she's gonna be in a movie with movie coming up. And I was like, how the fuck does she get a movie? She can't even read. You know, I'm gonna ask you and Maya a left field question as comics. If Trump left field. wins, if Trump wins, how is your comedy gonna do? How are you gonna feel as a comedian? Mine's gonna do better. How really? About, yeah. I'm going even more in. <laughs> you think my it would affect you like that? Yeah, I think the whole the all of this uh, I do because because I talk about a lot, of, especially a lot of racial um, and women's rights are always kind of lined in a lot of my my material. Um, when everything was fine and we were coming out of Obama, everyone's like, no one cares about that anymore. Those problems are gone. And then when everything just fell apart, all of a sudden it's been, my material has been more, uh, people have been hungrier to hear my material. And even um, audiences that are, that I thought would be against me are now interested in learning and they don't feel, they don't feel so, um, I guess, beaten up uh, by me, they kind of, it's funny because I get guys that are like rednecks that are like the KKK guys with the hat on, like the Confederate flags on their head, hat and can I talk to you after the show? I never would have known that you were black. And, you know, I had this experience once with some black person and does this make me racist? And then I'm like, well, go over it again. Well, yes, Buford. <laughs> Yes, you've while your hair is kind of curly. I don't like it. What the hell? Yeah, no, they, your hair is so curly. I'm yeah. I become their safe discussion place. Um, to, yeah, I'm not their safe discussion place. I become safe discussion. And so so it ends up being it's actually really, really good for me. The more the more upheaval, uh, the more people think my voice is more important. Yeah, I'm I'm a, first off, I'm turning this shit into hunger games. Flat out, man. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, this shit going to get real ugly. Because I've already had people want to fight me. I did a show in Laugh Factory, Long Beach, and I did a Trump joke, and some dude started walking down there, you shut your mouth, you shut up! And I was like, dude, you know I'll bust you in the head with this fucking microphone. You ain't got your crew with you. And I started going in on him. And I've had it at Flappers. I had a dude that stood up and yelled at me and said, he says, when we're going to make this country great again and you're not going to be invited. I'm like, the fuck? I, what are you talking about? And then he, he started trying to act like a tough guy. I said, man, wait till I get off this stage. Man, I'm going to curb your fucking mouth, man. I'm going to American me, you bitch. And then, and then, no, seriously, I like fuck him. I mean, it's, it's violent right now. It's a violent environment. It's a violent, yeah. He's he gonna talk shit, but then he's gonna back out. I knew he had a lot of bitch in him when he started backing out the door, like, whatever, bro, whatever. As soon as you go, whatever, bro, I know you ain't about this life. You ain't about this life. You don't want none of this smoke. I absolutely will choke you in front of your children. I really don't give a fuck. The same kind of problems, and I don't consider them problems because I came out, I'm an uptown comedy club comic. Yeah. Like when you put me, if you start snapping on me, I go into a zone that I'm not even the same comedian. Like I have a, a button that I have been trying to be a diplomatic, in, intelligent comedian, but I've had to play crazy rooms with people. I could, I've done like whole shows doing a full snap show, just audience come at me. And, and as soon as you back me into the wall, I have, you know, Debbie Thame used to say all the time, she's like, don't, don't poke the bear at the zoo. They always try you, Maya. They always try you. And then they got to put the bear down because you demolish them. Now I was up at, I had to, I had an opportunity up at um, 
Levity Oxnard, and I was opening for the, like this guy who was the nicest, he was like the sweetest comic, and he did like impressions, and he asked me to be on a show. So I did it, but like my New York Uptown overdrove over on me because one of these, the guys got up in the audience, he was like, I'm not gonna listen to this mixed race stuff, that's just racist. As I'm talking about my parents, he starts jumping up and screaming at me, and, and then that triggered in and I was like what you gonna do like it turned into like what you gonna do you gonna stand up because I mean it turned into a whole New York thing which is how we handle hecklers on the east coast that comic has never spoken to me again he was like well that was so terrible and you're supposed like no waitstaff was coming so it was not like waitstaff was shutting him up and you weren't gonna take me down because that's my job is to shut him down that's how we are as New York when you train out of like New York comedians especially like the black comedy circuit you're supposed yeah and Philly Philly ain't no joke either Philly ain't no Philly ain't soft Philly that whole East Coast yeah but I'm glad you I glad you did say something to him I mean I, I really get heckled now because I, I I try to go you're not going if you could jump between my jokes you're good as a heckler because I'm going bang bang well, let me ask you this too, guys. Before the whole COVID thing, right? Mm -hmm. When you guys were on the road, did you find since he's been in office, the crowds are more ruder, that they feel like they have permission to mm -hmm. be just insane? Yes. Because but of the environment. If you can match my rudeness, kudos. Because <laughs> that's what I always say. I'm like, yeah, it, like I let them know. You, you understand, you understand what's going to happen right now. This is basically, this is going to be comedy prison rape. Mm -hmm. You do not want none of this smoke. I know. I'm just, I know that's the only you know, that way I can, analogy I can think of. It's like you know, you know it's coming, dude. Yeah, I'm, I don't know what. Like soup from my first bit, I'm going. You understand? This is what's going to happen. So I mean, they were more rude with me, but after a while, I didn't give a fuck. I'm like, I really, I've been doing it so long. I feel like you know what? Uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm gonna do what I do. Luckily, some of the clubs booked me. Some of them don't. Comic Strip fired me after I did a week there. They fired me uh, on a Sunday, which I'm like, motherfucker, it's the Sunday. I'm already leaving. So, so. <laughs> I didn't like some of the things you said. Fuck it, Bart Reed. Yeah, how about that, Bart Reed? He's like, yeah, man, I'm a Republican, and I didn't like a lot of the things you said about the Republicans. But did, was it packed? Is that, uh, that's where the issue is, right there. See, the problem isn't like, if you've like I, we, Apollo Uptown, Peppermint Lounge, you've had, uh, you got those, if you know how to handle a room full of uh, uh, black people booing and heckling you, a room full of white people booing and heckling you, it's just all of a sudden that becomes the same, it's the same game of handling because white people usually just sit whether they think you're funny or not and then they just clap and then, you know, just, they don't want to be rude, but now they don't mind being rude, so they're going to jump up and say a whole bunch of stuff, so that's different when you have a heckler the difference is is now you have uh club bookers that will not book you because either you're pro-trump or you're not pro-trump so yeah. that's where the issue is wow. um, like my manager was like don't say anything i'm like how am i not going to say anything during blm you know that's a that's an interesting point that's a very big point I mean, right oh no bookers act yeah. like little bitches they need what they need they need handcuffed and then headlocked um i'm just saying it's just they, you know, just silly. I mean, I've had people tell me that, and I go, at the end of the day, you a businessman or you a bitch? What are you doing, man? Let's pack this bitch out and let's have a good time. And then you go sit in the back. Mark Leno's the most gangster. He said, I don't like some of the things you say, and I think you step over the line. 
but I don't have to swap spit in the shower with you. All I have to do is put you on stage and sell a bunch of drinks when you're here. And I was like, that's who I want to fuck with. I want to fuck with you because that's exactly how it should be. And then after a while, he's like, yeah, watch you. You're kind of funny. Was that but at first, he thought I was just out of my mind. And um, I just, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a bar. It, a comedy club's a bar that wants to sell a lot of drinks. And when you do that, like, I, I did the Melrose once. And when the bartender told me how much money they make on drinks, I was like, damn, I should have asked for more money. In the first show, we did two shows on Saturday, 8 o'clock, 10. They made $21,000 on the bar. Not the door, not food, just the bar. Mm. On the first show. Mm. The second show, I'm sure they made more because it was more people the second show because it was the, the back row wasn't filled. On the second show, the back row was filled. And um, I'm telling you right now, when I heard that, I go, yeah, that's end of the day. So when I talk to clubs and have that attitude like, yeah, but you talk a lot of shit. And you, I'm like, dude. And I flat out say to them, yo, we doing business or we doing personal. If we're doing personal, let me know because, you know, I don't like the color green. You're wearing the color green. Maybe we shouldn't work together. Shut up. Book me and sit in the back. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Shut up. <laughs> you know? And then they, no. And then after a while, they got used to me. Some bookers wasn't used to the way I talked. And then after a while, they're like, hey, what's up? And then they would call me names. Shut up, you, you club foot motherfucker. And I'm like, yeah, you, yeah, tell your wife that next time I'm coming over late at night. So now we're cool. But at first, they didn't know how to take me. But now I'm in the vein of the people who like the shit like that and everything's cool. The dude for the improv was mad chill. The dude for that books, the West Coast improv, mm -hmm. the, East, the East Coast improvs, um, Stroop. Oh, he's. You know who he is? He won't talk to me. He don't take my calls. <laughs> he, no, I was surprised because I, I did a set and I, he, they had me on black night. I said, the fuck is this separatist bullshit? Put me on a regular night. Don't put me on, you're going to put me on Negro night. Yeah. I think that's how you're going to gauge me. Yeah. So I stayed and did the other show. I did a guest set on the other show that was the mainstream show, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And I stayed and did that. And then he, was, then he talked to me after that. I'm like, yeah, you oh, got it. So you went there. So you went there to get in front of him. I was, I was doing, I, I was doing um, Cincinnati. I was doing a show in Cincinnati, and I went past, and they had like they, they said, "Yeah, if you're in town and in, in the area, we can put you on the urban show." Yeah, yeah. And no, I just was like, really? I get that with being a, you get with the female. They're gonna put you in a space because of a female, or they're gonna. Put oh yeah, I don't know how you navigate in comedy with a vagina. I have because. I would have, I would have been, if, uh, how many people would have been cussed out? Good Lord. Some of the shit you probably hear. Oh, one comic said that uh, if, yeah, we can go on the road if you uh, such and such and such and such. And I was like, did you stab him? She said, no, I went on the road. Oh. Then you're the bitch making it worse for other women. Didn't you understand? That, That's so you, you jacked this dude off to get dates. Yeah. Now, what do you think? You're going to think that he's ever going to look at you? Yeah, I'm, I'm putting her business out there. I'll, I'll tell her name, too, because what's she going to do? Um, <laughs> don't do that. I know. No, but she, I'm like, don't you understand? He's never going to look at you no other way. Yeah. yeah. Especially if it was a good hand job. Let's be real. Okay. If, it was, if it was fire, guess what's going to happen? That's Every time he looks at you, he's not going to think of your bits and how hard you worked on your set. He's going to think, man, she looked me in the eyes while she was jacking my dick. Hey, ladies, do you think the movement has changed anything, though? 
Who me? Uh, yeah, the bit. Me Too movement. I mean, for you, for the, for you. For like, me? do you? Yeah. Well, it, it's weird because and Shang's right is like I've always been the comic that was never going to do anything, and that really it made it really hard. And I didn't realize till now with the Me Too movement happening, all the females that I looked up to all slept with the club managers and the bookers, and they were. Like, <laughs> yeah, damn. I was like. So did I. So you know. Yeah. But because I was that you know I was a, I was like a goody two shoes. You, you know what I mean? So it was never, it just, and then I would end up, and then I would end up cussing people out and that caused problems. But was the Me Too movement any better? I don't, it's hard now. Somebody asked me like, why don't you stand up? And I said, I already stood up. I already did my lawsuits. I did mine early, I, you know, and when I, when I had to deal with like Hot 97 and stuff like that. But, oh yeah. You know, that was, that, those were crazy. But I have, I would have a different lawsuit now if you did it now. If I did it now? Oh, I would. It would be a whole different ball game. Totally yeah. different ball game. They told me that my lawyer sold out and I should have been paid for life with what happened there. And then Yo, I got I got I got to jump off. I'm doing um I'm doing this savage AF. We got to talk about uh, Woodwork was on CNN, so we got to we got to talk oh, about yeah. that. they released more tapes on Trump. Did they? Uh, yeah, more tapes and really bad ones. So I'm doing this political show. I'll tune into you, and we're gonna tune into you. We're excited that we're all launching together on the Laugh Factory platform. And yes. Yes, I'm going to be rocking out. Enrique's always been oh, super chill. Enrique. First off, I want to say something real quick. Heather, next time I see you, I will not expose myself. Thank you for checking me. <laughs> like, Heather's like, you never did that. I know I'm fucking with you. Felicia, if you ever need me to drop kick somebody, you know I got you back. Yeah. So I'm drop kicking motherfucker. I'm drop kicking. Like, you asked me, <laughs> drop kick. I mean, because <laughs> nobody sees a drop kick coming. Nobody sees a wrestling drop kick. And if I miss, then it's a wrap. I'm done. I ain't seen you, man, in forever, man. I it's, know, man. We got to do more of these, goddammit. We got to do yeah, more. Yeah, bro. I've been trying to reach you, man. I've been trying to connect with well, you. I, yo, I am around. I, I Luckily, I've been doing these solo political Pick up podcasts. your phone, man. Huh? Pick up your phone, man. <laughs> I do pick up. Are you short? Don't start. No, man, no, I called no. you, boy. I got I got okay, a list of calls. Right um, guaranteed. Thank y'all for having me on the show. Um, you know what? If you ever want to stop, how do we link you on Savage as fuck? How do we link you on Savage as? Am I allowed to say fuck? Yes. yes. I think at this it. point we're. I think it's. I think we're pretty much. Best. I already talked about exposing myself to heaven. Um, yeah, Savage as fuck is on all the platforms: iTunes, Stitcher, Slacker, Google Play, iHeartRadio, all that shit. Laugh Factory, go like we say, brought to you by the Laugh Factory with two dash. Um, and make sure anybody that's listening, make sure you check me out on the, on the gram. It's at Comedian Shane. And the show is called Savage AF. You can find us every, you put in Savage AF, you'll see my weird mug with uh, like a bloody flag on the side of my face. Woo. Yeah, it's pretty intense. It's like half my face is a bloody flag, like American flag. So oh, uh, you'll, you'll see it. So it's Savage AF. I got to get the bounce, y'all. Thank y'all so much. Right. I appreciate y'all. All right, you, Good seeing you. No doubt. So here we are. <laughs> it's fun. You guys, it's fun. He's, he's, I love him. I love Shang. He's for real. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's a great show. Anyone have anything else to add? Are we good? Heather? No, it's always good. I think we're good. Yeah, that was fantastic. I miss you guys so much. I wish we'd all just like go get a cocktail at somewhere. Just go meet up in Midtown or something. I know, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Soon. Soon. Yes. Be together. Yes. See you guys. All right.
Está bien. Ah,